Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tea Time History Chat Live. I'm back from the private life of Anne Boleyn tour, so I'll tell you all about that. Um, but thank you for joining me live. I'm streaming live on YouTube and Facebook and on Instagram. So I've not been with you for a couple of weeks because last week I uh, it was the, the day before the beginning of the tour. I was making my way down to London and the week before it was just... Um, full on with preparation so um so it's good to be back it's good to be back I actually won't be here next week but I'll tell you a bit more about that later um thank you while you're watching if you're supporting me with badges on Instagram super chats and stickers on YouTube and stars on Facebook but of course what I really want you to do is come and join my Patreon um and I have a lot of thank yous to give out for people who have done just that. Heather, Henrietta, Holly, Daphne, Jane, Jean, Tina, Kim and Rachel have all joined Patreon in the last few weeks. Now that means that they're going to get access to even more. I've added even more um, things and those being the talks from the tours. So I actually have recorded the tours at tour talks from the Anne Boleyn tour in May so that's Gareth Russell, Tracy Borman and Jonathan Foyle and also the tour talks from the private life of Anne Boleyn tour which has just finished there was three talks in uh, succession uh, taking taking us through Anne's life from Gareth Russell and uh, an incredible talk from Kate McCaffrey at Hever Castle about Anne Boleyn's one, one of Anne's most uh, personal possessions her book of hours and the research Kate has done into the book of hours but also she was able to talk to us about Thomas Cromwell's book of hours which has been identified by the team at Hever as being in the same print run and very excitedly in fact I have the book so I can show you very very excitedly is the one that is featured in the Holbein portrait of Thomas Cromwell that is actually at Hever Castle and so I was able to see that so I'll tell you a bit more about that as well um chewing gums well welcome and yes listen later lovely to see you though hello Lisa hello to all Ram. Um, hello to all of you watching on Instagram oh let me just get the comments up oh I can't do it Ugh. Oh, I'm trying to get them up so I can see them all. So apologies. Right, I won't mess anymore. Um, so this time last week, I was heading down to London to meet the group. We had um, a lovely small group this time round. Um, so I, I take all our groups are very small. So I take a, a, a maximum of 20 people on a tour because that gives you access not only to the 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 venues that we go to and all that comes with that you know better travel time um transfer times and things like because you're not waiting for so many people but also access to the guides you can hear them access to the tour historian gareth who is with us the entire time access to the speakers um and also any more than well with the, with 20 everyone makes friends and it's sort of one one group it's really great so um so yeah so this time last week I was actually on my way down to London excuse me to meet the group um and we spent the first well the first four nights uh staying in beautiful Tewkesbury which is up in Gloucestershire so if you're following my story on Instagram and Facebook you would have seen um yes Beverly of course I missed had last week I missed history after dark because um because I was away but uh did they behave themselves but they didn't probably not good well we're talking well I might as well tell you now T tonight on history after dark eight fifteen, we are talking uh, we're number we're, we're number we're not we're letter r in the deceased gits series and we are talking richard rich so that is going to be a good one you must tune in for that one tonight or get it on uh watch it again over on youtube so um uh heidi welcome joining after missing about five weeks well yes i'm back this week and then um next week I I might just have to do it a different day I won't be doing it Wednesday I'll tell you for why it's because I'm well 
I'll tell you after I've been. I don't advertise where I'm going before I do for various and probably quite obvious reasons. So I will um, I will be traveling somewhere on Wednesday and Thursday, which I will be able to tell you all about after the fact. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the, the tour we started off, we were staying, like I say, in Tewkesbury. And in fact, the hotel that um, that I use there, the um, end, well, as you come into the hotel, the grounds, you're actually on the edge of the Tukes of the battle, uh, the battlefield from the Battle of Tewkesbury of 1471, this final um, battle of the wars of uh the first lot of the Wars of the Roses, second lot of the Wars of the Roses between uh, Edward IV um, and Margaret of Anjou's forces where um, Edward, the Prince of Wales, Henry VI's son, he dies. Um, anyway, the edge of the battlefield is actually on the grounds of the hotel that we're staying, that we stayed in. And um, so we drove past Tewkesbury Abbey every day and in fact, on the first day, we visited Tewkesbury Abbey. So we were able to, um, this, is, this is because it was actually visited by Anne Boleyn in 1535. Um, and um, <laughs> chewing gums, let's be honest, we're all a lot better with our history knowledge because of Philippa. I barely used to know the difference between Queen Anne and the current Princess Anne. <laughs> I'm sure you're putting yourself down there. So... So we visited Tewkesbury Abbey. Um, like I say, Anne Boleyn and Henry VIII visited there in the summer of 1535. So we were using the part of the summer progress of 1535 as a backdrop to look into Anne and the and the person. So um, obviously Anne's story can be um, focused a lot on her downfall and what sort of the politics were around that and the events around that time and this gave us a chance to go right back and have a look um have a look at Anne's life um Tewkesbury like I say is where she went but it was also the burial place of the Duke of Clarence so Edward the fourth's um second brother elder brother to Richard Duke of Gloucester who had become Richard the third he he is buried there with his wife Isabel Neville like I said, Henry VI's son, Edward, Prince of Wales, died soon after, probably not during, but soon after the, the Battle of Tewkesbury. He is buried there. Above where he is buried, Edward IV had his badge, the Sun in Splendour, emblazoned on the ceiling. So that is directly above Edward's, well, the, the plaque that marks that Edward is buried there somewhere um it's a fascinating place now earlier on in the day so so i should say Tewkesbury abbey is actually a parish church and has and was saved at the dissolution of the monasteries by the local prisoners parishion, parishioners who were able to raise the 400 and something pounds i think it was that they needed to to buy the church and the 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 amount that was um thank you Nordic Queen love listening to your stories thank you the the amount of money that the um, prisoners had to pay for their church was equivalent supposedly to the amount of the value of the lead on the roof and all of the um materials from the building that the uh, that the king's commissioners would have stripped and sold so so it, so it, it became a parish church so the church exists uh it remains but the rest of the i think it was a benedictine monastery um the rest of that there's there's remnants but hardly anything left now that is in contrast to the place that we went just before Tewkesbury abbey hales abbey hales abbey was the third most important site of pilgrimage in pre reformation england and this is because it had uh it's it's relic that it had that so pilgrims will go to see relics um it might be a, a piece of the original cross it might be a piece of hair or a bone or a tooth or a skull or something of a saint this is supposed to have had hales is supposed to have had a vial of 
Christ's blood from the crucifixion. And the provenance of the blood was supposed to have come through um, a younger brother of, oh, I want to say Edward I, um, who had gone on crusade and had been had got it from a, um, a, a, a reliable source who said that actually it had been also part of the coronation regalia of Charlemagne. So it's supposed to have had a, you know, a, a good provenance and it's brought back to Hales. It becomes obviously something that pilgrims want to come and venerate. And they, and so Hales becomes, um, yeah, one of the largest pilgrimage sites in pre-Reformation England, um, alongside, say, Canterbury for Beckett and, I can't remember, um, and, and, and um, Walsingham for the Lady at Walsingham. Uh, shrine, of, shrine of, to Our Lady at Walsingham. So it's a, not only it's an important site, it's huge. The church would have been really large. Um, and the, but, but the, there's no remains, well, there's hardly any remains. It's it's incredibly pretty site. Um, you have part of the cloisters left. You have, um, mounds where the altars were which have been put there to sort of show um well, I say put there I actually didn't ask what was underneath these mounds whether there's anything that's actually um uh you know part, part of it um that's still underground um Amanda hi Amanda was on the tour um so um so we got an idea that the, how they with how they've laid out the site just how large the church of Hales Abbey had been and like I say, we're, later in the day, we went to Tewkesbury Abbey, which sort of had the church, but not the rest. And Hales Abbey, um, so it's got a little bit of the cloisters left. You can tell again how large that would have been. Um, interestingly, for any um, water geeks, um, well, I just think I find, I think everyone finds this kind of thing interesting. They had running water. And actually, I've seen this at other monastic sites where they used um, really similar technology to... Uh, to how the Romans would have had what water moved around the country as well, and they they basically piped it in from uh, they would they would create ponds that would then um, which would gather the water so a reservoir effectively. Um, they would have a lower pond with a sluice gate which could be lifted and and shut as request as as required, and that would uh, regulate the flow down into the site which would go through and so that basically they would have water underneath their privies so they would. That would flush away any of the waste, and they would have fresh running 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 water. Excuse me, um, um, for hand washing and things like that. They certainly did have that in um, places like Cleve Abbey in Somerset. So that was interesting to see as well, because of course that being slightly more underground has um, has survived. So we were very fortunate that when we got to site there was a guide on site that they, they didn't think they'd have any that day called Steve who was able to just bring the site to life for us and explain exactly how all the different parts of the um of the, of of that site were used um that was fabulous now there's a hidden gem so if you ever do go to Hales Abbey in fact it's not that hidden the reason it looks hidden is because it's at your back when you park up to go into the abbey it's behind you and it is Hales church and this church predates the abbey um and it was absorbed sort of into the monastic um complex pilgrims would go to this church and they would they would worship there there was a, there's a big saint christopher on the wall facing you actually not facing sideways he's he's face on he's on the wall um alongside lots many other sort of 13th century um wall paintings which still exist some better condition than others the pilgrims would go to that 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 church before they came to the abbey church to um to to, to visit the blood of hales so uh so we, we went we went there as well and that was our second stop of the day because we'd been in the morning to Sudley Castle. Again, another stop on Anne and Henry's progress of 1535. And um, they uh, that this is also where Catherine Parr is buried. It's where she died and buried and is buried. Uh, buried in one of the first Protestant royal services. Well, the first 
Royal Protestant burial service um, and buried in the church there. There's a whole other story about her, her body being discovered and, and reinterred. But um, so we got to do that. Now, you also, if you go to see the castle walking in the footsteps of Richard III, who as Duke of Gloucester owned the castle, had a great hall built of which um, uh, much of it came down after the English Civil Wars. The, the castle owners held out for the crown. In fact, I think Prince Rupert was there for a short while. Um, and um, and it took it took a barrage. There's a there's a cannonball hole still in one of the towers. Uh, so a lot of Richard III's Great Hall is is left. And again, you're sort of left with just one one wall with 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 foliage growing up it and looking rather rather beautiful. Um, it would be great to have the whole thing, but anyway, we have we have the ruin. Um, so you're following his footsteps. You're also following in Elizabeth First's first footsteps as well, because she um, she visited Sudley uh, as well. So that was our first day: Sudley Castle, Hales Abbey, and Tewkesbury Abbey. Um, let me just go out of shot for a moment because that night I want to get this uh, this right. Gareth gave us the first of the um, a series of talks. Now, what Gareth did. Gareth Russell is our tour historian. He comes with us. And what he did was give us a series of three talks. Hello, Melissa, how are you? Um, to take us through Anne's life. Now, um, many the, the story can go with Anne. Anne was sort of um, not quite a commoner, but had was only really prominent due to the rise of her um, father's position at court. And in fact, they were part of, she was um, a descendant of incredibly, incredibly wealthy Irish aristocracy, um, uh, family, aristocratic family. Um, so his, uh, his, um, um, his first talk was, um, what did he title it? I'm trying to find it now. Um it talked about, oh yes, the making of a lady. So Anne Boleyn, the making of a lady. So her background, which was fascinating. Now, if you're a member of my Patreon, you will get all these talks. Um, I've recorded them. I need to do editing and such like. So they're not going to be, um, they're not going to be with you uh, probably for a week. And I'm going to, I'm not going to give you them all in one go because it's quite a lot. So we'll, 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 in Patreon, we'll have these talks over the, uh, out over the next few months, take us up to the end of the year. But anyway, so so Gareth's talk will be in there and the background to Anne, her family um, and, and, and and such. It's, it's, it's really fascinating because it turns on its head this idea that Anne kind of just came from almost nowhere. Um, good morning, Rennie. Thank you so much for joining me. I uh, apologise, of course, that I have been away for the last couple of weeks and I apologise in advance because I am somewhere else next week. But then I'll be able to tell you about where I'm going. So that will be, that will be, it will be very worth it. So that was our first day, Sudley Castle, Hales Abbey and Tewkesbury Abbey. Abbey, indeed. The following day, we went to just, this place blows, blows me away every time we go there. Um, it is Gloucester Cathedral. Some of you will know it from Harry Potter. Some of you know will know it from the um, uh, the film that I can never remember. It's just the film about Elizabeth I. Um, Golden Years? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, um, you will recognise it from many a backdrop. So Gloucester Cathedral was our stop first thing on our second day. Um, and we, we were actually there a little bit earlier. <laughs> As, as I tend to want to be. So we visited um, the Bishop Hooper Memorial, which is just outside one of the original gates. So Gloucester Cathedral had been St. Peter's Abbey at the time that Anne Boleyn and Henry VIII visited in 1535. Um, so it became Gloucester Cathedral after the dissolution. Um, but one of the gates is called St. Mary's Gate, and that's that's an original. The... Uh, the uh, Bishop Hooper was a bishop that in fact came from Cleve Abbey that I just mentioned earlier. Um, and he, um, he, he 
refused to renounce his faith once when Mary I was on the throne. He was a reformer. He had been, he, he was he was of a new way of thinking. I mean, when he um, was resident in Gloucester, he would have all sorts of people to dinner. It wasn't just the high and the mighty. He, um, he, he would have everyone and he and he, he was popular and in fact Gloucester when um when we had the English civil wars of the 17th century Gloucester was a, was a puritanical um city in terms of its general uh, uh um approach to, to to religion at that point and you could maybe trace that back to Bishop Hooper's influence back in the 16th century now of course, Mary wasn't that tolerant of people not wishing to convert back. He, uh, so Bishop Hooper was, John Hooper was burnt at the stake outside of the Abbey precinct, um, just outside St. Mary's Gate. And like I say, St. Mary's Gate actually, um, uh, Sorry, still exists. So I'm reading the comments at the same time. Um, and um, the monk, the sorry, the the chapter of the of the um, cathedral were made to watch. Um, but actually, thousands of people turned up to watch Hooper's um, execution in support of him. Now, in can't remember the year but the um there was some excavation work going on in that that little area outside the gate and they found so the story goes the the bottom of a charred stake and so that is now in um the folk of gloucester um which is close by to the the cathedral and and that they think is the the stake that bishop hooper was executed on so we went to see the Victorian monument to Hooper, which is on the site of the that, that discovery. Around the side, um, so if you, you keep walking around, you will find a school. You will find the frontage of uh, near this school. Uh, so you can't go, well, it's, it's on the roadside, so you can see, and there's, there's not a lot of it left, but that is what is left of um, either the abbot's lodgings or the... Um, the senior monks' lodgings, with an oriel window overlooking the well, what's now a road and a car park, um, but um, but it's it's really quite beautiful. And again, Anne probably would have recognised it. So we went, we took a walk around there to have a look at that, and and then we went into the cathedral. And I think Gloucester Cathedral, um, it builds. So some some cathedrals you go in and it's an immediate wow. Actually, Tewkesbury Abbey is very much like that. Um, Gloucester is quite um, pale in comparison. The, there doesn't seem to be much painting. There's nothing on the the nave ceiling, um, and it just it. But, and the, but then you start going around and it just keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving. And we had a fantastic tour guide again, taking us round. Um, she um, she was telling us all about um, uh, Rennie. I, I can't pull up pictures while I'm while I'm live. I haven't got anything like that ready, and I can't do it on Instagram either. So, but I will be I will be posting all about the uh, the tour anyway. If you um, uh, yeah, I'll be posting all about the tour anyway. So I will do that, and you can see my story as well that as from last week um i think that's stored on under tours oh there's quite a lot in there now um now uh the, the, it's, a, it's a site of gloucester cathedral has also been the site of a coronation um the young henry the first henry the first king john's son um and also a site of a royal burial so edward ii is buried there um so 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 you get to see those oh and also um robert duke of normandy so william the first's 
eldest son was given Normandy. His second son, William Rufus, was given um, England. Um, now, he wasn't too pleased about this. Oh, and then, sorry, and then um, when Rufus died, of course, his uh, son, oh, so it must have been Henry II, Henry the. <laughs> Well, I've lost my track of my numbers. But anyway, the uh, the whole um, shooting incident in the New Forest. His younger brother, who'd only been left money originally, quickly gets himself to London and gets himself um, crowned. Um, the elder brother um, isn't too happy about this, uh, comes back. Henry III, Beverly, thank you so much. <laughs> so what happens when I go off on tangents. Um, so um, I can't remember my numbers. Anyway, uh, so so Robert Duke of Normandy, he um, he basically lost to Henry the Third. He was captured. He lived in Cardiff Castle for something like twenty years. Uh, learnt Welsh, wrote poetry. Eventually died and is buried in Gloucester Cathedral. He also has a tomb there somewhere. He's buried somewhere there, but he does have a tomb there. Uh, there is a stained glass window, mm, huge stained glass window which has um sort of the the hierarchy so there's a there's a line of i'm i'm not as i fair with my my religious bits as i as i maybe should be but you have um so in in you have the nobles you have um so people who might have sponsored the window whatever then you have the 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 saints the apostles and it goes on and on and up up to um to the the holy spirit at the holy trinity excuse me that window was removed during the um, Second World War for fear of being of the cathedral being bombed and the glass being lost. And um, it was put back really, really quite, quite well. There were a couple of bits in the wrong position, but it's a really impressive, huge stained glass window. The other thing about Gloucester Cathedral is it still has its Lady Chapel. Lady chapels were mainly taken down because um, in, in the Reforma- after the Reformation, because it's it's a Catholic thing to to um, to venerate the, the the Virgin Mary. So you still have that, which is fantastic, fantastic survivor, um, built toward the end of the abbey's existence so you still have that and then you hit the cloisters the cloisters are just magnificent they are fantastically preserved so you can get a really great idea of what these places what these abbeys would have looked like what the cloisters would have looked like um gloucester is a particularly good example you um as you're walking around you you have doorways that used to go off into um yeah it might have gone off into the um library might have gone off into the refectory um or the dormitory in fact you also have a uh the lavas there so the um the 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 water uh, channel which used to run with fresh water for the monks to wash their hands you have the um alcove where they would hang their towels <laughs> i don't know what their towels made of um cloth presumably actually so um it's it's really it's it's a beautiful beautiful place and in fact it's so i find it so intriguing and i and when i take people there they love it so much that i've actually put it into the rise of the tudors tour next september so september 2024 because we go by it it's not you know it's not actually um part exactly of the 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 early part of the Tudor story that I'm trying to tell in that tour however it's just such a beautiful place that I'm I can't go past it and not take people there so we're going to be going there anyway so that was the morning um and then in the afternoon we went to Acton Court Acton Court is is rarely open to the public um and it was built well it was the house of Sir Nicholas take the sir off for a moment Nicholas points uh his grandfather had become had been knighted sorry excuse me on the battlefield of the battle of Bosworth uh by Henry the new Henry the seventh as as he uh, after his victory so Nicholas points was hoping 
he was anticipating that Henry and Anne might visit in 1535. Um, that's the link, by the way, to all these places. So if you if you've just joined, and um, and he had a entire wing, the East Wing, built for their visit, potential visit. He didn't know if they were going to visit. Anyway, but in the end, they did. They visited for I think it's three days. They stayed, which is fairly. Um, that that's that's good. That's good if you can if the king wants to come and stay with you for three days. And indeed, he was knighted, possibly almost or on the day that his grandfather had been knighted at the Bottle of Bos- Bosworth. So he becomes Sir Nicholas Points, and the wing that he built is really well preserved because after um, after a certain amount of time, the estate was rented out to to like tenant farmers people who didn't have the money to do or or the um, permission to make any major alterations um so you can um see actually it's very interesting because they're quite bare they're quite stark now some of that might be because things have been covered over, things have been repaired. But actually, it gives you a really good idea as to what these houses would look like when someone wasn't in residence. Because remember, they would be taking their tapestries and their carpets, their rugs with them, their furniture with them wherever they were going. When they weren't in residence, they would be quite stark. They would be quite empty. However, there is also, so first of all, I should say about the the layout of the rooms, it goes from a presence chamber to a slightly smaller privy chamber to the smallest bed chamber with guard with private garderobe that would have been Henry's bedroom so the room before it was a privy room a privy chamber and the furthest one out is and the largest one was the presence chamber in the privy chamber so the middle of those three rooms you go through the door you think oh another kind of I can see remnants of some red paint there there's red paint on the um, doorways by the way and the door frames if you ever do get to go have a close-up look and um, there's a little fireplace there you can see how the subsidence has sort of moved the um, the window well you can see the subsidence because you have a window and then a more modern window frame uh, window sill in front of it and you can see the the, the, the window sort of at an angle compared to the um, windowsill you turn back round and you look up and there is a frieze, a black and white, with a little bit of colour actually, frieze on the top of the ceiling, uh, top of the wall, excuse me. And it looks to depict um, a, a summer scene. So the, the, thoughts, the thought is that, uh, we also think it's Holbein designed, um, that, that, so the thought process goes that if that's summer, and obviously you have four walls, maybe the other three walls, which have now the, 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 the those those um, decorations have gone. Maybe you would have had the other three seasons on the other three walls. And so either way, Anne would have seen Anne and Henry, but we always like to focus on Anne. Anne would have seen this frieze on the wall. Underneath it is some, are some delightful um delightful drawings underneath of little um of, of planes basically and the during the world war two during world war two it was a farmhouse and that was the boys bedroom and they've drawn um bomber there's a spitfire and a bomber i think on the uh, on the on the wall it's really cute um and then like i say you go into uh henry's bed chamber which is panelled I'm not sure if the panelling is original or whether it's original panelling that's been brought there. But either way, there's um, you get a feel for what the room would have been like. Uh, also, actually, I should mention that on that frieze, um, I, I have a photo of this, so I, if I remember, I will share it. There is a um, a Jacobite sympathy uh, sympathetic message. So, uh, God save the king, seventeen something. Julian still only probably knows um so yeah which was um I kept that I kept that a surprise for Gareth and he looked back around and he was like oh, there's a Jacobite inscription yes yes <laughs> I love doing things like that so that was that was our, our second day Gloucester Cathedral and Acton Court the following day we went to um Barclay Castle Barclay Castle 
again, has an incredibly long history. The actual site has an even longer history. There was a priory there, um, now long gone. But again, it's, this is a place that Anne and Henry came in 1535. It's actually a place as well that um, that their daughter, Elizabeth, would visit. Um, and I can't remember who lived there at the time, but she didn't like them. So she would come and hunt all of their deer or a good proportion of their deer, um, basically wipe their stocks and then, then go. That's what it's kind of like. <laughs> she was um, almost like a, yeah, a, a sort of 16th century passive aggressiveness. Um, and the lawn on which she played bowls is still there because it's a terrace garden at the back. Out the back, at the back of at the back of my castle, Terry's garden, and uh, yes, yeah, so the the bowling um, lawn where where her bowling lawn was, which is now a lawn as well, uh, is there. Now, if you if you ever get to go to Barclay, do go down to the gardens and look back up at the castle. It's just a pretty castle. Uh, in fact, Gareth said to me, "It's a pretty castle. Like the, the, you don't generally get a castle that looks pretty. It might be impressive. It might be awesome, but pretty." Not always necessarily, but this one is uh, is pretty. You have a um, a hole in uh, in the wall in the in the not quite is it the curtain wall? It's not really the curtain wall, but um, it's actually one of the inner walls. Anyway, that was um, that was taken down during the, the after the Civil War. Again, held out for the um, the losing side. Um, and we had a tour of, the, of, of that castle. It's privately owned, still lived in by the Barclay family, or by their descendants. And um, you get so you get you do get to see a lot of the castle. Now this is where Edward II died. Edward II, who is buried in Gloucester Cathedral, whose tomb we had seen the previous day, murdered. Um, he his um, his murder is the one that is the pretty much defunct, debunked, and um, eyes rolled at poker, red-hot poker story, um, because it just doesn't make any sense. But Edward II was um, was most likely homosexual, and it's thought to be a, a slur on that, the red-hot poker um, story. Then somehow, somewhat supposedly justified by the idea that, that there's no marks left on the body, I don't know about you, but I don't think that would leave no marks on the body at all, at all. Um, and it's 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 literally overkill. So much more likely he was starved or smothered to death or a bit of both. Incredibly big man, six foot two, um, strong, healthy up until the point of imprisonment. So um, likely weakened and then smothered in my opinion so that was Barclay Castle now while we're at Barclay Castle I had arranged for a private falconry demonstration for our group um so the ladies in the group um because they're all ladies this time but the, the group got to hold the birds um we got to ask the falconer Tony all about the birds his specific birds but also about how do you train a bird how do you train a falcon um why did people fly them um etc etc it was really um it was really great to have that access to to such a knowledgeable person and then uh we went down to the lawns and and he did a actual falconry demonstration so if you were watching my story you would have seen that Gareth was asked to run try and outrun a Harris hawk but he did ask he did he did clarify well how fast do you want me to run and he was told well a bit faster than walking anyway so he did a bit, bit faster than walking and then was mortified that he didn't manage to outrun the bird so he would have he, he assures me he could have sprint off faster than um than he, he in fact did in the in the end so maybe i'll have to arrange it again just to give him another try um so that was um that was our third full day and um gareth gave us a talk that night um on um what was his title that night 
Oh, yeah, the countdown to the progress. So he was looking at the year 1534 to 50, the years 1534 to 1535, um, and how things had started to move in Anne's world um, and herself, what she was going through and what was happening around her. Um, for anyone who's joined, and if you're a member of my Patreon, all of the talks from the tours this year will be released into my Patreon over the rest of the year. There, there were quite a few, so I already have three, seven. There's already seven, and there's going to be more from the September tour that's coming up as well. So if you're interested in actually listening to any of these talks, um, I would suggest joining my Patreon. It's £5 a month at patreon.com forward slash British history, and the links are in my bio in um in definitely on Instagram and also you can visit my um website britishhistorytours.com to find the links so or just go straight to patreon um the following day we transferred down to uh heaver castle so we spent our final um afternoon evening and morning at heaver castle heaver castle is of course incredibly special it wasn't on the 1535 progress um but uh oh close she can't work patreon out maybe i'll have to do a little um a little how to for patreon um yeah you go there choose um don't choose kind supporter if you if you're a kind supporter of me on patreon thank you so so much but it is just a support you don't get access to anything the next tier is five pounds and actually you get access to everything there's the option to give more if you want but just choose the five pounds um, uh, tier and join it, and that will give you access to everything, including getting. Um, so you'll get these talks. You'll get you get you get all sorts. You get early access to um, tour tickets, which um, half filled the Rise of the Tudors tour, so it's well worth doing. Um, you also get to put your questions to. Um, to historians so I will be asking very shortly for questions for Gareth Russell about his upcoming book on Hampton Court Palace um, and then when those interviews are recorded patrons get the ad free and extended version so any questions that are put to the historian about the uh, from from patrons from patrons excuse me then that is the extended version so no one else gets to see those questions or the answers so anyway, there's loads in there um so, yes, so we transferred down to Hever Castle. Um, uh, more than half of our ladies dressed in um, Tudor um, royalty, uh, you know, Tudor dresses, um, dressed as queens. And, yes, £5 in UK money, Chloe, yeah. So that was um, Samantha Reese came down with her fantastic costumes. Um, we also took a, a little walk up to St Peter's Church which is just outside the boundary of Hever Castle. Um, and this is where the, the Boleyn family would have gone on certain days, holy days and feast days, and, and worshipped sort of in the community, if you like, with, you know, to be seen, to see the other noble families in the, in the area, etc. make those social connections. And Gareth did us a talk um, about the... Um, about the church and about how the Berlins would have worshipped there. It's also, it's where um, Dawn, Dawn, Dawn was on the tour. Dawn is back. Dawn Kirby of Irby. Yes, thank you very much, of course. Um, I hope you got back safe. And I hope the trains were good to you. Um, uh, so, yes, yeah, so, so um, we went to St. Peter's Church. That's where Thomas Berlin is buried. And also um, one of Anne's infant brothers, um, which I can't remember which one now is buried there as well. Um, so that that was that was that was just the start. We then had a talk from Kate McCaffrey. So again, if you're in my Patreon, this talk will become available um, over the next. I don't know which order I'm going to make them available, but anyway, there's there's going to that's going to be um, that's going to be available from Kate, and she was talking about there her she did groundbreaking work, and, and, and I'm not saying that lightly looking at Anne Boleyn's book of hours now there's two there's traditionally two books of hours displayed at Heaver at Heaver Castle they're in their 
possession. One is actually, uh, at the, currently, it's on loan to Hampton Court Palace. Now, that is because the exhibition is looking specifically at Anne's printed book of hours. Now, if you want to get more information on that, I did an interview with Kate, which is available on YouTube, um, asking her about sort of how she got started, how she knew what she was looking for, what she found, what that tells us. Um, because, of course, a book of hours, um, well, I should say a printed book of hours, I'd sort of assumed was a bit like um, mass produced. It, it's not. This is very early on. And actually, they are all then illuminated um, and customized and personalized. You then get people writing in them themselves. Now, of course, Anne does write in hers herself as well. And then other people have done. And that's that's the basis of um, Kate's research is looking at the other inscriptions that were in the book and tracing the provenance of the book. It still goes missing for 400 years, actually. If you listen to the interview with Kate, it's really fascinating. Um, and then turns up um, at an auction, which um, Waldorf Astor uh, purchases it and it comes into Hever Castle's possession. So the exhibition is about the Book of Hours. During Kate's research, Kate McCaffrey's research, she discovered that there were a number of these books from the same print run, for want of a better term, still in, still in existence. And she identified that the Morgan Library in New York held one of them and it had belonged to Catherine of Aragon. So that book was on loan to Hever for the first part of their exhibition this year. So Catherine of Aragon's book was displayed in the same room, just a few feet away from Anne Boleyn's Book of Hours. So they were in the same room, reunited once again. Um, that was incredible. But that had to go back to um, New York. Kate had also identified that uh, Oxford also had, um, excuse me for not remembering which um, exactly where, but anyway, it had held another copy from the same run. They went to see it. The curatorial team from Hever, so that's Alison Palmer, Owen Emerson and Kate herself, and managed to identify um, that that she, I think you need to turn your, your sound up, Robert. I think I'm, I'm, I'm nearly busting the... Uh, I'm nearly busting it here. So um, they discovered, I think it might have been Alison sort of went, isn't that, doesn't that look to you a bit like the one in Thomas Cromwell's portrait? Because, um, oh, thank you, Dawn, Wren Library, Trinity College. Thank you, Dawn. So in Wren Library, Trinity College, um, they had this book of ours. So they went to see it. And yes, like Alison, Alison, because it's, it's bound, this one. Um, and... And she said, it looks like the one in Holbein's portrait of Thomas Cromwell. So they did more digging and um, it turned out to be the one. So there's a little book that goes with the exhibition. And so you can just about see um, this is the book and it has the the portrait of um, of Cromwell. And you can see the book in the corner there in, in the full portrait. There's, you can see the full book. It's curious because it is a Catholic text. Um, and why it's so therefore, why is it on Cromwell's desk? Kate went into that during her talk to us that she gave, um, not yesterday evening, the evening before. Only two days, it feels really weird. I don't know, Dawn, whether you feel this and Amanda, if you're still on, it feels really weird that we were together only two days ago, only no 12 just this time yesterday, pretty much we'd only just said we'd only just said goodbye. But anyway, so Kate's Kate's talk, like I say, will be available to patrons. Um, it's fascinating, honestly. I I I kind of knew what she'd done, but as she went into it, my jaws just dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. I, it's just incredible. And what is really key here is we have historians coming in younger historians and they are just going they're coming in with an open mind they're not dismissing received history but they just have an open mind to going and having a little look Anne Boleyn's book of hours has been 
known about for well a hundred years um and really eminent historians had either ignored it or not looked at it um or or, or drew odd conclusions from it so anyway, it's fascinating talk um like i say so that though wasn't the end of that evening either we then went and had a hidden heaver tour this is a tour of heaver castle after hours so it's closed to the public and we were um so we were able to to go around while it was uh closed which was fabulous and we finished the evening with dinner in the great hall of heaver castle uh it, and in fact alison palmer owen emerson and kate mccaffrey joined us for dinner that was all wonderful um and uh it was great. It's really nice because Owen Emerson has, has a course, if you don't know, announced that he will be leaving Hever Castle. And also none of them had, um, none of them had ate in the Great Hall. So that was rather great. I was able to host them in the Great Hall just before Owen, um, Owen is leaving. So that was, that was nice. So that was our final evening. Um, and yesterday morning we had a lovely Hever breakfast and then headed back to London. So that was, that was our tour. So, um, I've nearly taken up an hour of your time already. So that is, I thought you might be interested though to hear about where we'd been and what we'd been up to. Um, I have one more tour going this year, which you'll be able to follow on social media. It's the Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots tour. Um, there is the Amberlynn tour next May. There is the Rise of the Tudors, which Dawn is coming back on, a uh, year in September. Uh, that is on sale at the moment and it is it is nearly full. I think I have two two rooms, two or three rooms left on that one. So if you're interested, head over to the website, BritishHistoryTours.com and take a look. Um, there may well be another Anne Boleyn tour because I'm fully booked for May. I have a massive waiting list for May 2025. Um, so again, if you're interested, if you think you want to be on that tour, um, go into my Patreon um, patreon.com forward slash British history because you will get a week to book onto it before anyone else but I will let everyone know the details of it right then everyone I'm going to go and leave you to your day thank you so much for joining me if you're around at 8 15 tonight join us for history after dark we're talking about Richard Rich and all the dastardly things that that man got up to all right everyone take care have a great day I'll see you all soon bye 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 everyone